always complained of heartburn. He was self-medicating on antacids, which I would buy um, as a matter of course with the shopping on a weekly basis. It was August 2002 and he was eating a piece of toast on a Saturday morning and it was sticking, giving him hiccups. Our doctor then referred him to a gastroenterologist who said, it's cancer. He died at home on the Friday. Mike should never have died. It was completely and utterly preventable had we known that heartburn was linked to esophageal adenocarcinoma. Up to 500,000 people in the UK have the precancerous condition Barrett's esophagus, and they are ticking time bombs, um, with approximately 50,000 then going on to present with esophageal adenocarcinoma. And this can be prevented through awareness. Mimi McCord, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on today's uh, podcast. Thank you so much for giving up your time to be on this. Thank you, uh, Simon. Wanted to, uh, you know, listeners have just listened to your intro story, um, which is a real powerful video um, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, your heartwarming story, but more importantly, uh, I think it's a real eye opener for the listeners to understand you know, about your charity, um, which is obviously what we're going to talk about today. But I think it's something that people, you know, obviously are unaware of. Um, but I think it's a, just a really powerful video from those perspectives. So really, I just wanted to thank you for uh, letting me use that video for this podcast. I'm only too delighted, Simon, um, whatever we can do to increase awareness of esophageal cancer, particularly esophageal adenocarcinoma which is the cancer that's directly um, connected with heartburn. Mm. And we know how many people suffer from heartburn as, and dismiss it as an everyday occurrence. And in some people it is, but in others it is not. And I think obviously this was uh, the kind of first question for you really is, is, is what powered you? I appreciate that, you know, that video people have listened to or watched uh, is kind of supercharged your you know passion and reason behind starting this charity but um it, i can imagine it was something that was uh you know something of real passion for you to to get going um it um it is and was and always will be um a passion um mike's death was completely and utterly preventable had we known what heartburn can do I can't do anything about his death, but I will do everything I can to make others aware that heartburn in some people is not just an innocuous inconvenience. So let's dive into that question because I think, uh, you know, heartburn, we've, we've talked about this before and, and I think it flows nicely, but signs and symptoms, um, because this is something that people probably have on a, you know, maybe a weekly basis, but just so unaware of. Um, 
Do you want to just touch into kind of the real depth of signs and symptoms? Most of us will have heartburn um, at times and we can usually put it down to I've eaten too much, I've drunk too much. Um, and there are triggers in, in some people, but it's the persistent heartburn that carries on, particularly over, you know, for more than three weeks. Don't just dismiss it. Don't just pick up another packet of Rennie's or worse, um, proton, proton pump inhibitors, which can be uh, readily um, taken off, off shelves in supermarkets, along with the shopping. I think it is absolutely appalling that something as strong as a proton pump inhibitor under the name of Nexium, for example, can be picked up and taken um, without um, challenge from a supermarket. You know, there's nobody there saying, you do realize that this is a strong um, uh, medicine that will suppress um, acid, which is what causes heartburn. And all the, you know, whether it's a proton pump inhibitor like Nexium or Rennie's, which all of us are aware of, it only suppresses, it does not cure any underlying problem. Mm. And the majority of people are so unaware of that. They cheerfully, you know, just pick them, pick up antacids, whatever they are, from the supermarket and pop them like smarties, not understanding that persistent heartburn needs to be checked out by a GP. Yeah. And I think heartburn and, and also, is there any other signs and symptoms, uh, potentially someone that hasn't, you know, that's been having heartburn for a period of time, but is there other signs and symptoms that some people may be also experiencing? Um, the most significant thing, if you have difficulty in swallowing, that is an absolute red flag and needs, um, you need to see a, a GP pretty immediately. Um, that is indicative, indicative that there is a, a problem. Um, and some people have um, a horse cough. Um, some people might regurgitate food, um, discomfort, discomfort, discomfort behind the breastbone. Mm. Um, but it's the persistence of heartburn. And if there's difficulty in swallowing, immediate action must be taken. Okay, that's helpful. Um, I think, suppose, who can this affect? I mean, um, is, is a big question to ask. It can affect anybody at any age. Um, esophageal cancer has a greater um, uh, incidence in men mm. than women. So uh, the ratio is around about four men to, to one woman. So it's a significant increase. Um, the reasoning behind that, I think, is unclear. Mm. Um, but we do know that there are factors that can help um, alleviate heartburn, um, which in turn can um, help prevent esophageal cancer. Good. And these self, you know, kind of self-medicators, I suppose it's, it's kind of, would you say it's masking symptoms? um for them because it's a it's a kind of a short-term fix any of these guys picking up these antacids or the things you mentioned um you know can that obviously be a case of really masking those symptoms for them absolutely yeah uh, and people are just completely unaware that this is what they're doing it it as far as they're concerned it cures the uh, the problem 
it removes the acid and, and the discomfort. Mm. Um, and the self-medicators are the people that I am most concerned about because they are under the, the cohort under, um, you know, they're a cohort of patients that are under the radar of, of um, the GPs. They're not known. We don't know how many people are self-medicating, but it is so dangerous. Yeah. So we've talked on someone having long-term symptoms. You're saying probably uh, over persistent kind of heartburn or any of those symptoms you mentioned over uh, two weeks or more. Is, it's, uh... it's over three weeks or more. Okay. But, um people should be aware that persistent heartburn over this period of time is not normal. And so the steps for these guys would be um, to, what would you suggest first thing? Obviously, uh, GP uh, is the first port of call. Yeah, absolutely. A GP will be able to um, uh, decide what the course of action for that patient is. A GP will decide um, whether they need to be referred um, for an endoscopy. Um, at the moment, um, there is only the option of endoscopy as a, um, a way of diagnosing if anything is going on in the esophagus. Yeah. But the GP will probably um, uh, give somebody a course of proton pump inhibitors, the PPIs, which I have mentioned yeah. um, for a short term to see whether that cures the problem. Okay. Um, people will also be recommended to look at their diet. Um, diet is plays a significant factor in heartburn. Um, so you know, as a charity, we recommend um, being careful of diet. Obesity mm. is a significant factor. And exercise is a big plus in um, in helping people with um, heartburn. It all adds to fitness. And that's really interesting, actually. Um, and we've touched on this before about kind of alkaline acidic food. So it's interesting. I know we can talk about this a little bit later and what your charity are getting up to. But um, acidic foods is a, is, a, is a big part, you know, a big cause of people uh, having kind of heartburn issues so um i suppose it goes hand in hand doesn't it and that's where you talk about yourself medicating because it's easy for people to go to that solution because it's built in as a habit um and i suppose that's where you come in to change people's mindsets of actually if this is an ongoing problem you, you need to get it checked so that's um it's really interesting it um I and mean, we have uh, we know that we have a problem in encouraging men um, to see their GP or to actually acknowledge that they have a heartburn problem that needs to be addressed. Men will be an ostrich if they can be. Women tend to be the gatekeeper of their husband, partners, uh, whatever's health. That's interesting. I think, you, I think you're right. Definitely right. Um, what so let's go into your charity so um you know what's your what's your charity up to now you know that might be related to kind of the partnerships the message you're getting out there um let's let's kind of dive into what your charity is doing at the moment um awareness is a key um part of the charity raising awareness will help promote an early diagnosis and with that in mind um we are um, working with Project Delta 
um, as their primary care arm. Um, it's, a, it's a large um, uh, research study and we have provided a mobile diagnostic unit as their um, primary care arm. So the Cytos sponge, which is, um, looks like a large pill on a string and is swallowed by the patient, um, it then opens in the stomach and the, um, it then um, shows a um, small sponge, which is then drawn back up the esophagus, taking with it cells. Um, those cells are then sent to the pathology unit to, um, to be looked at to see whether there are any changes in the esophagus from um, all sorts of changing changes in the cells, uh, which will indicate Barrett's or esophageal cancer. This is a test that um, is um, given by um, trained nurses in the uh, mobile diagnostic unit. It is quick, um, it's simple to, um, to administer, it's patient tolerant, um, it's very accurate, it doesn't require sedation, um, and patients on the whole are extremely happy. And I think that's fascinating. Um, actually, it'd be a good point just to cut across to a video now to show you that uh, mobile diagnostic unit in action. So the, the patients will be pre-screened before they actually turn up at the mobile unit. They will then come in our reception area where we, we will ask them a few questions and then they will then come through to the clinical room where we'll do the cytosponge. Because my throat was quite dry, I was thinking it was going to be a struggle, but actually taking it with water, not too bad at all. It really wasn't too bad. Slightly bigger than I thought it would be, but just like a large-ish vitamin pill. It takes a complete skim of the internal layer of your esophagus and collects those cells up, which enables the, the hospital then to, to, to check whether there are any rogue cells in amongst that lot. This is where HCUK really helped me. They gave me all the information I need, answered questions. They even put me in touch with um, a consultant who answered questions for me. You know, they were just incredible. <laughs> they really do, you know, help an awful lot. Um, their, their value is phenomenal. They must be saving lives. Without a doubt, they're saving lives. HCUK has, has been instrumental in um, spreading a lot of information out there about heartburn and its relation to cancer and its relations to Barrett's esophagus. It offers a resource to find out more about their, um, their symptoms and what can be done. HCUK, like my only lifeline at the moment, they're, they're very, very supportive. They tell me exactly what I need to do and that is to get the surveillance. One of the things that has come from, from my experience is the importance of early detection because my story is such a good news story. I always urge anybody who has reflux to go to see their doctor. I think that's such a great video, it's so powerful. I suppose the next question for you is, uh, where do you want this to go now? Where, where's the future for this uh, mobile unit? 
we want this test to be um, accepted within the NHS as a um, standard part of um, the care pathway. Yeah. And we want it sitting in primary care, either in um, doctor surgeries or um, in a community hub. So surgeries can then uh, refer or send their patients to the hub um, to have the, um, the cytosponge, which is far less invasive than endoscopy, which at the moment is the gold standard way of investigating what is going on in the, mm. um, in the esophagus. And that won't change, but we want the cytosponge to be part of triage. So um, this is the first port of call for a patient in a doctor's surgery or a community setting to see if there's anything going on. And if there is something going on, they will then be referred immediately um, to secondary care, which is the consultants um, for endoscopy. And that's, uh, that's groundbreaking, isn't it? We've discussed this before. It, it, it's fantastic, um, less invasive. And it's something your mobile unit, um, for people listening, obviously you can post some videos in so they can see um what that mobile diagnostic unit looks like and um you've got a fantastic video that shows uh the ins and outs of that but i think um for people listening and knowing that that's available and your kind of big mission is to try and get that into primary care is 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 fantastic um because when someone uh not from medical background but talks about endoscopies you know there's always that fear factor of the you know in potentially invasive of, of it um and and this is less invasive right it's very minimally invasive it yeah. is following a large um vitamin pill size mm. um capsule That's it's amazing. the brainer as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah. But we've got to get it into the um, NHS as an accepted um, care pathway. And then we will start making a difference to the number of esophageal adenocarcinoma deaths that um, arise each year. And where are you along that uh, timeline at the moment? Is it something you think uh, that's, um, that's, that's coming alive quickly for you? Or is it a, a process that um, you're still steaming ahead to try and get in? It is a process and it's a slow process. Um, Cytosponge has been accepted uh, in NHS Scotland, mm. um, but we are very slow in England um, and COVID with the number, with the backlog, backlog of patients who have yet to be seen for endoscopy. The cytosponge is an ideal way of dealing with uh, patients waiting. And that mobile diagnostic unit, is it, um, it's currently active at the moment? Whereabouts is that? It's currently active in um, Suffolk, in Eye. Um, that's its third and final uh, destination following, um, we started in Cambridge last year, last June, then went to Chelmsford, and now uh, we're in Eye. Um, different demographics, um, different, I mean, completely different, rural. Mm. Um, so it was uh, chosen, as I've said, as part of the Delta mm. uh, project because of its 
all the different demographics that will all add to um, the knowledge that they're um, building up on um, the use of cytosponge. Great. Um, I want to touch on if someone is, you know, suffering with esophageal cancer, um, how does your charity, you know, su support them as a process? We have support groups. Yeah. Um, and we also have a very active Facebook um, support group and the numbers um, using that are increasing um, significantly, but there is support with um, other patients who have undergone very similar um, surgery um, and a, a full esophagectomy is not a walk in the park. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it is a nasty operation. Um, and being faced with the fact that you have cancer is, yeah. is not, it's difficult and it's difficult for the patient, it's difficult for the family um, and people looking after that patient. It's a tough one. Yeah, and I, I think that is a big part of it because we tend to shy word, you know, away from the word cancer and I think we don't, we don't talk enough um, and having that level of support is is really important and i think actually you know looking through your website and i'm going to make links to that but it's a very easy site to navigate people can get all the information they need um so i think that's really really well done um your long-term mission we kind of touched on a little bit what is it I'm just saying just wave a magic wand, but what would you say your kind of immediate changes? Um, what, what would that be that you'd like to see? With a magic wand, um, I want cytosponge mm. across the UK, literally across the UK. I've said that we uh, that it's in Scotland, um, but it needs to be in England, um, yeah. in Wales, it needs to be everywhere. And that is a game changer. And I think that is a big key because people listening, you know, uh, that may know someone that's going through this experience will put their hand up and say, hey, I, you know, I want to go and jump into this mobile diagnostic unit. I want to do it. Um, and I, again, it could be possible, I guess, if they, they reached out to you guys. Uh, but also it's just kind of really, suppose, getting that full force for it to come down into the UK. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's exactly that, because at the moment, Cytosponge in England is only available um, within a research setting. Wow. So it's, um, it is a game changer. It will make such a difference. And with that being kind of an immediate change, I suppose, signposting to the process, would you say, um, through GP surgeries, if there's GPs listening to this, is kind of... Uh, um, and they do an amazing job. So I, I don't like to say this, but it's actually signposting and having that information, that readiness, the understanding, um, because they can't know everything. Um, but I think, would you say that that is a, is a key area as well as having GPs, surgeries, uh, having more of an understanding? Yes. Um, it is very easy, particularly in a busy surgery, for patients to be um, dismissed with it's only heartburn and to be given um, medication. And then they sort of, they drift. Mm. Um, we don't want patients drifting 
um, and carrying on with proton pump inhibitors, whatever the doctor has given them as a, um, you know, a prescription that they pick up each month. Um, if it is persistent, it needs to be checked. The GPs need to um, take it further. Mm. Um, what's your kind of charity up to? What's it up to at the moment uh, for raising kind of awareness? Are you up to any uh, events if people really want to get involved in this? What, what are you kind of up to at the moment? As far as fundraising or awareness? First of all, let's touch on both. So awareness, um, have you got um, certain other campaigns that you're pushing out? And then also on that second part of the question is uh, fundraising. Um, with regards to awareness, the mobile diagnostic unit is yep. a very good way of um, raising awareness and the number of people who have actually seen the unit and it has registered with them, you know, mm. they heartburn um so that is a very good way of, of um raising awareness yep. we are um working um with um a project called cytoprime um and that is another uh, research project in the north of England and the incidence of esophageal cancer is very high in the north of England and Scotland. Um, so there is this awareness um, program going on using um, Cytosponge. But again, as I've said, it is, um, it is research rather than yeah. um, common practice. But uh we are working with um various golf courses there was a golf day yesterday um at Wolfeston um in Surrey and we had a, our own team um had entered and there were um an, another two from the Lanesborough we yeah. are a charity of the year at the Lanesborough in, in London and that was in memory Wolfeston golf course were doing this golf day in memory of um, their uh, past captain who had died from esophageal cancer. So the awareness is constantly there um, and we use um, social media, yeah. Twitter, link, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram, so we've got awareness going on through through that. Fantastic. Um, so that is how we are raising awareness. Um, and the work that is being done in the north of England, we have um, our HCUK logo attached to it. Mm -hmm. So we are prominent in the support that we're giving um, across the country that's fantastic fundraising um second part of that question if people want to get involved with certain fundraising they may well have their own events um is that something that um you're you're keen to see yes absolutely um fundraising in any shape or form that you know however wacky wackier the better 
um, because we can get a, awareness through that. You know, we can get the media involved if possible. Um, just giving pages can be um, put on on the website. Um, there are all sorts of ways of fundraising. Um, some ideas are on on the website, um, but anything that anybody can think of, even if it's making a cake, giving somebody a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, if it makes 10p, it's 10p we wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. And um, I obviously helped you in the past on some runs and uh, trek through uh, some muds doing uh, some assault course racing, <laughs> if you remember rightly. I tried to get you involved in that one, but I don't think you wanted to get muddy. No chance. <laughs> um, Future for the charity, um, you know, what's up and coming? Um, I appreciate that, you know, the big drive is mobile diagnostic unit. Um, you really want to get that down and, and get that moving. Um, is there any partnerships, anything that, um, or any other exciting things that you're really trying to work hard on to achieving? We are working very hard to um, get another mobile unit. Right. But we can only do that if we do have a partnership with, for example, um, the company that um, deals with all the pathology uh, for Cytosponge. And we're in conversation with them at the moment. Um, Cancer Alliances are another um, uh, body that we're looking at um, to be in partnership mm. with because we can provide the unit um, and maintain it but the cost of the device and the pathology is too much for us as a small medical charity to bear um itself so we we do need to have a partnership yeah i can imagine um and i think again it, when people see the video posting it's it's really really exciting um just touching on if someone is going through this level of support, we just talked about it earlier on uh, with, um, you know, diet and, and exercise. Um, is there is there stuff that, that your charity is providing in order to to help out with people on that advice? Yes, very much so. Um, on the website, we have um, a dietitian in residence um, and we have a doctor in residence. Um, the dietitian, um, if somebody has a query about diet, and this can be something from um, you know, uh, a question regarding heartburn and how um, to help change their diet so that um, they can perhaps pinpoint the trigger that's causing the heartburn. But also the um, doctor in residence, it, I mean, the dietitian in residence is um, specifically trained for esophageal cancer. So um, dietetics within, um, you know, for people who've had that type of surgery is so important. So she has the ability to um, advise with absolute authority um, from something as simple as heartburn to something as um, complicated as um, recovering from esophageal, a, a full esophagectomy. And doctor in, in residence um, is Dr. Oliver Stoven, who has now um, just become um, one of our trustees. And he is able to give um, a broad outline of um, 
what might uh, help a patient yeah. with a particular problem, but it will be given as a broad outline rather than specifically tailored for that patient because any patient with a medical query needs to speak to their own GP. Um, we have two medical trustees. One is Dr. Um, Professor uh, Rebecca Fitzgerald, who um, with her team developed the Cytosponge, and um, Professor Tim Underwood, who is a um, cancer surgery uh, specialist. He um, His speciality is esophageal cancer. And both will um, provide uh, information, support, help, as required. Mm. So we do have a strong team yeah. uh, that can be accessed via the website. Fantastic. And I, I think that does highlight for me talking earlier, the website is very, um, it's got so much information, so much level of support. And I think that is people's um, port of call um, and your social media channels as well. Fantastic. Um, and hopefully this um, this video is going to highlight, I'll make reference to all the, the bits that you've just mentioned. Um, is there any, uh, before we kind of um, wrap up this, is there any last kind of message that you really want to relay to to listeners, uh, especially if it resonates with them, um, any of these symptoms? Please do not ignore persistent heartburn. It can be um, an underlying problem that you're totally unaware of and if you're a man in particular don't ignore it don't pretend it's not happening to you you need to get something done about it and your gp will advise and help and support great thank you and i'll put all the relevant um you know um references so people can can reach out to you guys um, Mimi, that was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking up the time today to come on to, um, to the Wellbeing Coaches podcast. Thank you very much, Simon, for giving me the opportunity. Thank you. That was episode six with Mimi McCord from HCUK. To watch the full video, head over to our social channels, also where you'll find bite-sized snippets from the full podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Wellbeing Coaches podcast.